This is the Steelers Blitz with Wesley Euler and Arthur Mopes on your 24-7 home of the black and gold, SNR. All right, it's Arthur Mopes and Wesley Euler back. Segment number two right here on Steelers Nation Radio. And I think it's a great time to remind you that today's show is in podcast format. And what does that mean, my friends? Well, it means wherever you get your podcast, you should subscribe to the channel, which is Steelers Blitz. Yes, indeed. And that's Blitz with a Z. You subscribe to it, man. You get all the cool stuff going on, like, you know, us and yeah. more of us and even, even more of us. But you got to subscribe, you know, so you don't miss all on this content. So, like I said, it's Steelers Blitz and that is Blitz with a Z. Kind of like Zlatan, Zoltan, Zinc. Zamboni. Zoo. <laughs> Zigzag. There we go. <laughs> so, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So make sure you do that and make sure you leave a review for us, man. Five star or one star. We don't operate in the minutia. Okay. Right. It's black and white. That's right. So with that being said, though, man, getting back to uh, this conversation, man, Brian Flores, um, as the linebackers coach, man, it instantly had me thinking about our young inside linebacker, 5'5", Devin Bush. Um, Obviously, he's a guy that we had very, very high expectations for trading up for him when we did, and it's been a mixed bag since. Um, You know, had some success as a rookie. Second year, obviously, cut short by injury this past season. Definitely very – or really inconsistent with his play. And even to the point where now we don't even know – and even Kevin Colbert hasn't even decided if they're even going to pick up his fifth-year option, which is just insane to think about mm-hmm. with him being the 10th overall selection. But it got me wondering, with a guy like Brian Flores and all these things that we've talked about about him from a positivity standpoint, has that changed our perspective on Devin Bush in the sense of do we feel a lot more confident in him going forward? Do we think that Brian can – ultimately help develop and get the most out of him? Or do we think that, you know, Bush is kind of a lost cause and we're just kind of waiting for that contract to run out? How do you feel about that? Well, buddy, that was certainly, uh, you know, again, after some of the initial reaction Mm -hmm. and wow and Brian Flores and wait, is this real and all that, that was, I think, uh, the first thing that a lot of Steelers fans pondered. A lot of Steelers Mm -hmm. media pondered is – Okay, well, could you help resurrect Devin Bush, a guy who is entering a a make or break year, not only for his future with the Steelers, obviously, but you know for for his NFL his future, future, absolutely in in the National Football League. Um, I I certainly think that that Flores has to be a part of this equation. Now we all know Jerry O's still in the picture, right? Correct. So I, I guess technically, right? Isn't Flores is his his title is. Like defensive Senior assistant. defensive assistant slash linebackers coach. Is it, That's it, all it says is linebackers. Okay, just linebackers. Right. Okay, correct. But, but then, like Jerry O is still the team's inside linebackers right. coach. Um, but, but but I also but, yeah, wonder like too Flores though. Is, I was just gonna say he's gonna have his fingerprints on this. Yeah, he, he has to. Yeah, and I was also gonna say though, in terms of Jerry O's role, I don't know how much it has altered since obviously this past season when he uh, lost his um his wife, sure. and we know that he took some time away. I just don't know where that look what that looks like for him and I for me that's why I was trying to figure out in terms of Brian Flores being just the title linebackers coach right is that Mm -hmm. overseeing all linebackers is it just talking inside linebackers it wasn't a lot of detail with that because obviously when Keith Butler was here 
alone, he was the linebackers coach for inside and outside. And then once he became defensive coordinator, he worked exclusively with the outside guys. So that's the part right now where I still, we, we obviously we're going to have to wait and we'll get more information yeah, once yeah. those guys start to talk more and stuff like that. But that's, you know, the part for me where I just wasn't hundred percent sure, but we know in some capacity, he is going to be able to have a little bit of an intimate relationship with a Devin Bush. Yes. And you know, th- those group, I mean, you think about Robert Blaine, Joe Schobert, um, even the younger linebackers in there, Buddy Johnson, right? So you, you know, he's going to have some type of impact, but going back to just focusing on Devin Bush, do you think that he can develop him? Tell you what, if anybody can, I mean, he's 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 the guy that I want out there. Um, you know, maybe he's the the Qui Gon Jinn to his Obi Wan oh, Kenobi uh-oh, or something okay, like that. Right? Okay, like this is you know I I mentioned some of those numbers about how he inherited the youngest roster and then second youngest roster and all they did mm-hmm. was get better. Like that to me, what that all signals is that you know, particularly on the defensive side of the football. Brian Flores has a proven track record of player development. When when you've got rosters that young and you get that much mark, mark, markedly better every single year, mm-hmm. that's that's a proven track record of player development. Very and true. So, you know, that's maybe, again, from all the other, the initial surprise and the lawsuit attachment and, and, and that stuff, would it, you know, in the immediate now, what it, is most intriguing to me is Brian Flores is in charge of a position group for the Steelers that, you know, particularly if you're just talking about the middle of the field now that needs to drastically improve in in 2022. We all know what you're getting from TJ Watt. I think we're all pretty confident in Alex Highsmith. He still needs to continue to get better, but I think we're all confident that he's a guy, you know, maybe he'll never reach Bud Dupree's level, but he's a guy who belongs on an NFL roster. He's a guy who who can play significant snaps on a Sunday. And and he's already proven just this season alone that he is a very comparable running mate to TJ Watt. Especially later in the season, you think about what he was able to do going down the stretch, even in the playoffs. I mean, his impact was felt. We could definitely point to his growth and development. So, yeah, without a doubt. And so, you know, he's involved in this equation, too, because, hey, you want continued growth and development from your reigning defensive player of the year? Yeah, absolutely. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Say say, say, say that part again. The the, the reigning what? The reigning defensive player of the year. Oh, oh, and what his name is? Trent. Jordan, oh. what? Oh, say it to me one more time. I kind of like how that sound. Oh. Trent, <laughs> Jordan, what? Oh, it just give me chills. Oh, I love it when you say it like that. Omelette, dude, fromage. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> but you, yeah. you, you know, you, you got Cam Hayward on the D line, right? And right. it's starting to feel safe to assume that Alu Alu and and Tuit are going to be back, but we know. You need to reinforce that group. Right at, at the line at the linebacker position, Devin Bush, Alex Highsmith, maybe another running mate for Devin Bush besides Joe Schober. You're going to need development there. And then you look into the secondary and all the unknown there. Yeah, we're confident in, in what Minka Fitzpatrick. We know the player that he is, but Joe Hayden might be gone. Edmonds mm-hmm. might be gone. You might be working in some guys there too. So, yeah, Brian Flores in that that um, proven track record of player development is is going to be important for Devin Bush is number 1 on that list. But yeah. I think it's it's an important time when you are. Like you and I have discussed this all off season ever yeah. since ever since that super wild card weekend. Hey. 
you 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 like a lot of the pieces that you're taking into the next era, but make no mistake yeah. about it, you just closed one chapter of Steelers football and you're starting a new one. Mm-hmm. When you when you lose your your quarterback, future Hall of Famer of 18 years, and your general manager of two decades, who's got a good shot to be in Canton one day himself as yeah. well too. You 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 have to turn over a new page in a lot of regards, and yeah. part of that is going to be with the roster, with turnover with the roster, mm-hmm. with youth with the roster. Uh, to have a guy like Brian Flores with that proven player development for incoming guys, for guys who were already here that were encouraged by, like Alex Highsmith, and for guys who were already here that need to get it turned around and moving in the right direction, like Devin Bush. For all those reasons, Steeler Nation should be ecstatic. They should be excited about this. Yeah, man. When I think of it, man, I, I do share a similar sentiment. Um, when I think of Brian Flores, I think of him in the same vein as a Mike Munchak, in the sense of they develop talent. They yes. they get every drop out of that limit, you know, in the sense. And I think of, like you said, the different caliber of players that he did it with down in Miami. He didn't have a ton of all pro caliber guys down there. It was, you know, you had your Cal Van Noyes. You had, I think, uh, uh, Lando Roberts was down there as well for a little while. It's like this middle tier class of players where they're still good players, they're smart players, but for him to get as much as he did out of those type of guys, man, I just think that when you look at a guy like Devin Bush, who has elite talent, talent that those guys didn't have in terms of athletic ability. Sure. I just asked myself, man, if he can find a way to connect with Devin and get his mental to match what his physical can do, Devin then can be that special player that we all dreamed of him being. And that's the part for me where I get really excited because prior to the Brian Flores hire, I mean, it was to the point where we were talking about inside linebacker being in a position of need for the draft, for free agency. Yeah. And the sense of, man, do you feel confident with any of our linebackers, not just Devin Bush? What about Joe Schober? We understand his contract situation. Would you feel comfortable if it was just Robert Spillane and Devin Bush? None of us would. Would you feel comfortable if it was Robert Spillane and just Joe Schobert or Robert Spillane and Buddy Johnson? No, because you just didn't feel like those guys as a whole could give you that jump off the screen athletic ability that a Devin Bush could present. But with Brian Flores, now you feel a lot more confident that Devin can potentially get back to that form that we think he could be. And you don't necessarily have to put acquiring a linebacker and free agency at the forefront of the list. You don't have to put drafting a, a linebacker. Thing, you, right, absolutely. you got a lot of things on that list. Yeah, absolutely. Or even drafting a linebacker in the first round. Like You don't have to necessarily feel as strongly about that because you have Brian Flores here, and he's what I like to call a force multiplier, very similar to what we said with Mike Munchak, where he's taking Chris Hubbards, he's taking Matt Files, he's taking Al Villanueva's and turning those guys into second contract guys. To me, I just think that Brian is going to be able to do similar things with the group that we have. And I'm not saying that we still shouldn't address the linebacker room because I still would like to upgrade the talent in there, especially with just more speed and athleticism. Because as you hear Coach Thomas say all the time, if your middle of the defense is slow, you have a slow defense. Mm -hmm. And right now, our defense is not very fast. You know, so when I think of that, that's the part for me where I'm like, I still think you address the linebacker group, but it doesn't have to be priority number one. Yeah. Maybe it can go to priority number two. Maybe it could be priority number three, just depending on how some things work out with, you know, re-signing in-house guys and obviously the two situation as well. So those are some of the things that I really do like about this and ultimately why I do feel a lot more confident. But I'll spin that back to you and ask you now, since you've talked about your belief that he can have an impact on Brian, on uh, Devin Bush, 
how would you even address that room or would you leave it as is in terms of acquiring more talent? Or do you think that it's already good enough because you have a Brian Flores in there? And I say that in the sense of with Mike Munchak, for example, when Munch was here, we never felt like, hey, man, we got to go out there and get the best of the best in terms of O-linemen because we thought that we had a guy that could take a six level player and make him play at a nine. Right. You know, we, we didn't feel like we needed nine level players to come out here and play at nine levels and then pay those guys like that. No, he was able to take guys that really didn't have any belonging being out there and made and turn them into starters and turn them into, like I said, multi-million uh, dollar contract guys. So that's the part where I'm asking, do we think that he can do similar things in terms of Brian Flores to this linebacker group? Or do we still need to upgrade that talent? Hmm. Now that's the $64,000 question or whatever that old television game show was. Huh. Man, you know what? You really got me pondering now with those those Munchak parallels. Um, and I keep paralleling him because I feel like he's the most comparable in terms of how sure. we view him and the track record in and terms both, of. You know, like they, they both inherited yeah. a lot of question marks. Yeah, absolutely, man. They both, like in a, in a way that, you know, like Flores is inheriting TJ Watt. You know, Munchek did have at least the pillars of Pouncey and DeCastro to, right. to to build a lot of yeah, those. Yeah, but, out, but those outside of those. Of misfit toys yeah. around. Um, so there are some par- lot of questions with the position. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a very solidified talent in some spots yeah. as well, too. Whew. Right. <laughs> i tell you what, Arthur Motes. Um, no, I. Obviously, for 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 this part of the equation, I think it's it, it maybe makes me ponder Joe Schobert a little bit more because De- mm. Devin Bush is going five five is going to be here. It's the right. it's the at least right this, at least this year, right? At least in twenty twenty two, there's you you wouldn't help yourself really on the salary cap at all by getting rid of him. You would just create another hole that you would need to fill right. by getting. You, you rid would of realistically him. have to trade him. You couldn't release him. Trade exactly. would be the option. And yeah. and and what are you going to get for him at this point? Right. A, a what? Fifth, a, I mean, you never know. You never know. Right, and that's the you're thing. Not gonna yeah. get, I don't think you're going to get a first-round pick. And no, 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 no. I, I think at a, best, gonna, I think at best, a fourth-round pick at best. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you don't want to turn. You know, you'd rather take right. the flyer on the guy potentially mm-hmm. finding his game again yeah. than than a fourth-round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, I do wonder, you feel that way, knowing that he's still going to have a six million dollar cap hit, though? Yeah, I do because. Again, if you get mm-hmm. ri- if you get rid of that six million dollar cap hit from from yeah. Devin Bush, you're going mm-hmm. to have to replace him with somebody, right? And is it well, going to be is it going to be that dra- that much cheaper? But no, so but but this is what this is what I want to to ask though, in the sense of if I'm going to pay six million dollars for a linebacker, regardless, mm-hmm. would I want that six million to a Devin Bush or a Dante Hightower or mm-hmm. a Jalen Brown, like a guy like that, where it's like proven veteran, sure, comes sure. the ship, you know what you're getting from him versus feeling like you're overpaying for a guy that really hasn't been as productive. And I think that's the the, the conversation right there a little bit. So, you know what, if this was last year, yeah. I'm saying, give me the veteran guy. Mm-hmm. I, I, you and I, have, we've discussed the standard yeah. and we've discussed all this. Stuff. I don't mm-hmm. think the Steelers are winning a Super Bowl in, in 2022. All right, mm-hmm. call call me a traitor. Ooh, I'm a telling. Oh, Arthur Motes, they're gonna take fake. they're gonna take me out. I'm a fly in the ointment. He is such a fake fan. Oh my god. <laughs> and and be, I, I, I 
I, I want to see one more. You know, you and I throughout the season discussed this. Mm-hmm. Listen, you got to as a as an, as anyone in life, but certainly as a professional athlete, as a part of a team. You know, if you're not playing, if you're not Tiger Woods, or you're not Serena right, right. Williams, or you're not Conor McGregor, you know, like you're 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 on a team sport here, not a, not an individual sport. You've got to control what you can control. Yeah. And Devin Bush point blank period was not good enough last year. Let's make no mistake about that. But you and I also throughout the year, the reason that you and I didn't, you know, bury his career like a lot of people were right. doing already last year is because he did have a lot of things working against him. Mm-hmm. He we all know he was rehabbing from the ACL injury, which yeah. there's been examples of guys coming back quicker. There's been examples mm-hmm. of it lingering. We also know how it can affect you mentally and just not mm-hmm. thinking about it and not, you know, uh, uh, yeah, you're not not overthinking. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, because yeah, you got to trust it. Yeah, physically with the knee and mentally with the knee. He was also, mm-hmm. you know, he's also a linebacker playing without two thirds of his starting defensive linemen mm-hmm. for the entire season, and Alu Alu yes. getting hurt in the Buffalo game and to it never playing a snap. And as we just talked about a few minutes ago, his position coach Jerry O missed a lot of time because his wife yeah. tragically passed away throughout the season. Mm-hmm. So again, no excuses, just reality. Devin Bush right. has to control what he has to control. He has mm-hmm. to he had to have play, he needed to play better last year. He wasn't good enough, yeah. but he also had a lot of things working against him. I'm I'm willing one more year. Um and I'm not even saying that I I believe in him, that I'm like enthusiastic about it. But I, I, I want to give him one more year. I want to see it for one more season as opposed to, you know, maybe bringing in a veteran who would be better right now, mm-hmm. but maybe but still doesn't have the potential longevity or, or the ceiling maybe that you, that could still be there with 55. Okay, okay. So optimism over proven productivity. I can respect that. I mean, and like I said, so like a lot I of s- that is in the scope too of I just I don't think the Steelers are going to contend right. this season, so I'd rather figure some things gotcha. out in in the in, see, in the and, process. No, 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 and that makes sense cuz I guess for me, I'm still waiting to see how the Steelers address free agency. Yeah. If they come out because obviously we heard and we I'm not going to get too in-depth in Kevin uh Kevin Colbert's comments about, you know, how he wants to address the quarterback position or how he could potentially see it, but he did not rule out trading. He did not rule out free agency. So when I think of that, I take more of the wait and see approach. If they go out here and they say, you know what, we're going to try to get some big fish quarterback and they're going to spend that money. Well, yeah, I do think they can contend. I do think if you bring in one of these quarterbacks that have been rumored that we've talked about in here, this approving guy, a proven franchise quarterback. Well, yeah. Now I'm looking at it saying to myself, well, what else can we do to maximize this window that we're going to have of TJ Watt, Mika Fitzpatrick, Cam Hayward? Hmm. And that's my thought process. And if it does go there, well, then, yeah, I do potentially look at Devin in a different light because I'm saying to myself, well, is he a guy that I want to work with in, you know, keeping on that salary hit and still bringing in a guy? Or do I say, you know what, let's use him as a resource. Let's move him so we can get more money to get the players that we think can realistically help us today. And that's the part for me where I take more of a wait and see approach, just because if they're not aggressive like that and they don't go the route of, hey, we're going to get a high end real franchise quarterback and we're going to go between Mason and Haskin and see who emerges or we're going to draft the guy. Well, then, by all means, I share your sentiment. This isn't a Super Bowl contending team with that roster constructed as it is. You let Devin Bush see if he can figure it out. But if they do become aggressive, and like I said, they do get that mm. quarterback in free agency. Spend I am a bunch all, of money on the offensive absolutely. line. And yeah. yeah, because you're you're sending the clear message that, hey, we're trying to win it now. 
And if we're trying to win it now, I don't want a $6 million guess. I'd rather have a $6 million proven commodity. And that's kind of like where I'm stuck a little bit with this. But that's why I was like, it's more of a wait and see approach to see how these guys, in terms of uh, Kevin Cobra and Mike Tomlin, how they handle addressing the quarterback situation. Yeah, no, that's a great point by you because free agents, you know, as, as you and I sit here in the, the what, the, the final week of February. Yeah. Um, we're going to know soon. Free agency is two weeks away. I mean, mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're going to know the And that's a great point by you. That's yeah. going to set, I think that's going to set the tone for so many expectations of yeah. how this will play out going forward. If the Steelers are quiet, don't because we know they got money to spend if they want to. Uh, hey man, they got to like listen. They they, they have a ton of money. They got a lot of money. I think I heard them lyrics before. Hey hey now, but not just that, but I also think of it in this vein too. If they want, not only could they create more money from that, but I also think about just in the sense of free agency, the type of guys that are going to be attracted to coming here as well, depending on, you know, when you bring in a guy like Forrest and just as a whole, I, I just think that this is a really good spot if they show that they want to be aggressive and they show they actually want to go out here and try to spend that money this year. Now, like I said, they could take a little bit more conservative approach. And we know that the Steelers history has been more of that, but we've seen them changing in the, the recent history. So that's the part, once again, where I'm just like, I'm excited about it. Yeah. But at the same time, it's just like, we just don't know how they're going to react, but I could easily see them being aggressive, man. And it would make sense because like I said, they have pieces already on this roster. Now, the other thing that I want to ask though, in the sense of keeping with the free agency conversation here with Brian Flores being on the roster now on the staff, what does that mean for a potential, you know, bigger crop of free agents that we know have either played for him or guys that are on rosters, obviously Deshaun Watson, who we know is dealing with his case still civil, but he's already made it very clear that he wanted to go to Miami to play for who? Brian Flores. So I asked myself, man, what does that look like potentially? Obviously now this would be down the line. Things would have to be clear, but I just think of that's another positive that Brian Flores brings to the table. And when you're talking free agency, we know that we're going to be looking to buy. We're, we're buyers in this year's free agency yeah, market. Yeah. I just think that Brian Flores being here also is going to help with that avenue too. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, he He's a guy that, again, there, there's been a lot of, of talented players around the National Football yeah. League that have, that have been vocal about wanting to play for this guy. He's young. He's not that much older than than a lot of the veteran guys in the league, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he gonna be what six years older than Cam Hayward? Yeah, I mean, seven he, seven older than me. Yeah, yeah <laughs> six, seven years old. Yeah, yeah he's, he's, a, he's a year older than Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, Crazy, right? you know, and we know seven's not on the roster anymore. But you, you get yeah. where I'm going with that. Um, I that's a real thing, absolutely. And again, you haven't just heard it from from guys on the defensive side of the football. Yeah. You, you've you've heard it from all over the place. We know that Mike Tomlin has that pool with a lot of guys too. You know, when Joe Hayden came to Pittsburgh, and and even in his years since, he's always pointed out how a big part of the attraction to coming to play with the Steelers was was to be coached by Mike Tomlin. You've talked about that as as well before too. Um, I think when you've got so many guys on the the defense with pedigree, man, you know, now not only is it Coach T, now not only is it Terrell Austin, a, a proven um, defensive coordinator who, by all reports and by all indications, has fantastic relationships with so many of those guys, Minka Fitzpatrick. Uh, now you've got Brian Flores, who's been a, a head coach in the league for three years and was with 
you know, one of the greatest dynasties in NFL history for a long time in the Patriots. He's connected. He's coached a lot of talented dudes who are mm-hmm. out there. And when those type of guys want to play for you, you know you're doing something right because it's not the age. It's not the age where the players have to lie anymore, Arthur Motes, or act like they're good company men. They're not, not happy. They're not happy if they don't like it. They can voice that concern, and no one's going to blame them. So it's yeah. you know you know it's real. You know it's genuine when when you hear it from you know from all over the board like you have about Brian Flores. Now, two things you brought up that I'm really interested to get your opinion on here. You brought up Mika Fitzpatrick, but you also talked about in today's era, if you are upset or you're not happy with a situation, you can voice <laughs> it. And both of those things have happened with Mika and Brian Flores together. Yeah. So are you concerned about their relationship now? Do you think that there could potentially be a riff, any hangover from the Miami departure? Because we know a big part of Minka's grievance was his usage and the way that he was being used. And we know who was directly in control of said usage. So that's where I'm just like, man, how does this play out? Again, I'd be I'd be naive to dismiss it. I I, I don't want to make it sound like I dismiss it because this is something that I've I've certainly thought about, you know, in the the days since Saturday that we got the news. Um. Brian Flores again. He's he's gonna have his his fingerprints are going to be all over this defense, but we know that Mike Tomlin is still the conductor and the instructor yes. of that unit, and we know Terrell Austin too. Again, secondary assistant was was his title for the last what, what two or two or three years. Two or three was, years now, yeah, was, was part of his title. So when I know that Mike Tomlin is the one who will, you know, be at the forefront of that, and how just. I mean, since his time at Alabama, Mike Tomlin has, mm-hmm. you know, since his pro day when Tomlin spent time with him, has has just fawned over Minka Fitzpatrick. Again, the relationship and success that he's had with Terrell Austin and how Terrell has been a secondary specialist guy during his, you know, few years here in Pittsburgh so far. I don't think so. I think even, I mean, I, I think even if Brian Flores were to, you know, walk into Mike Tomlin's office and pound the desk and say, we got to trade, make a Fitzpatrick. I think, Get him out of here. I think Coach Tomlin would look at him and say, yeah, no, that's that, that's not happening. We're not doing that. Yeah. Um, See, go, go back to your linebacker and, room. <laughs> and this, maybe this again gets back to what I was saying about the potential of, of conflict or competition between Flores right. and Terrell. In the Steelers organization, I don't, I don't worry as much about those things because I think – Again, I think everyone's very secure in in their job and their role and their employment and what they're asked to do and not being micromanaged and and being trusted to do their job and and get their get their stuff done. Um, so again, I, I I would be naive to just brush it aside, um, right. but I I also I I'm I'm confident that it's not going to be an issue. Now I like that man, and for me, man, I do share similar sentiments. I just think that a lot of the, the disdain or the lack of interest for Mika one to remain in Miami was largely due to not just the usage, but also the losing. They didn't he came from Alabama. <laughs> you want to want a ton in Alabama. And I can tell you firsthand, there is nothing that makes you want to quit football more than being a part of a losing organization where you can tell it's not that we're losing because we're trying hard. We're losing by design. We're intentionally tanking. We're that's losing quick, because we're not trying that, like, hard. That, that's, that is the quickest way 
for a player of Mika's caliber and a player that is truly passionate about the game, that's the quickest way for them to become disengaged and ultimately went out. So for me, I don't view it as a major red flag or concern. In fact, I view it as, you know, Mika just showing that he's a stand up guy in the sense that, hey, he could have lied. He could have, you know, put the smile on and and grin and buried it. But instead, he said, you know what, I'm just going to tell you the truth about how I feel. I'm not on board with this ideology. And yeah, if this is going to continue to be the case, I just ask that you move me. And it was good to see that that did happen. So for me, man, I definitely think that those two guys, man, they're going to be able to bury the hatchet and be, you know, fine going forward. But I will say this, though, Wes, since we do got to get ready to pay another bill, (laughs) (sighs) unfortunately, I have to, you know, tease a little bit more. So with that being said, man, we will wrap up this Brian Flores discussion next segment because we got to talk a little bit about the potential ramifications or the potential distractions of the lawsuit that he is enduring right now. And, you know, we might even look into Mr. Kevin Colbert's comments about this uh, quarterback position and how he plans on replenishing the roster. But you're going to have to stay tuned to hear that. This is Arthur Motes and Wesley Eula on Steelers Nation Radio.